Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome back to Wine Smart. Today we're going to talk about a region in Austria, a region that essentially sets the image and reputation for the whole country in a large part internationally, and it has for a very long time, the Wachau. The Wachau has been acclaimed for its wines since the 9th century, when the monastic orders controlled those vineyards and planted and built terraces and all the things that are Wachau. But it's started its history all the way back to Roman occupation as far as a wine region is concerned. It's 33 kilometers, that's 20.5 miles, along the Danube River between the towns of Melk and Krems. It's about 90 kilometers or 56 miles from Vienna. And what's fascinating to me, or at least beautiful about the entire situation, is the, the entire region has been declared a World Heritage Site. The region, as far as a wine area is concerned, has 1,323 hectare of vines. That's 3,269 acres, 36% of which is those hand-built terraces. The vineyards range from moderate slopes, which are sort of expected. You can sort of see a hillside and think, I could walk up that. That'd be cool. It doesn't need to be terraced. To cliff-like inclines. Oxaliton, as an example, ranges from 41 degrees incline to 83 degrees incline. And the Geisberg Vineyard in Vossendorf ranges from 29 degrees to 96 degrees. Yeah, 96 degrees. That's crazy. In other words... Yeah, we have to build ladders and terraces and, you know, there's, I can't even imagine working that vineyard. Within the lots and lots of names of vineyards in the Vakau, 155 of them are officially designated single vineyards. Reden, Reden, uh, that qualify as a DAC single vineyard designation. And if you're like, what's the DAC? Let me point you back to an episode, look through the library, you'll find an episode on just the DAC, what it means, how it's formed, and, and how we read those labels, rather than covering it again here. So there's 155 reading for DAC single vineyards, and then, and then what are they planted with? What are the grapes of note? That's really important. I think two of them are probably already popping in your mind, but we'll go through them in detail here a little bit. 94% of the plantings in the Vakau are white wine. You probably expected that. 6% are red. You may not have expected that. 63% of the vineyards are planted to Gruner Veltliner, the noble grape of Austria. You might have thought that would be a little lower um, because the Vakau is so highly respected for Riesling, but Riesling is 18% of the vineyard plantings, which it surprised me that it was that low. I thought it would be a little higher than that, but that's the way it is. There are 37 total acknowledged varieties when you start looking through the vineyard plantings, but let's just talk about the top nine. So the top nine are, as we already mentioned, Gruner Veltliner, then Riesling, then Zweigelt, Red Grape, Muscateller, Müller-Turgau, Chardonnay, Weissburgunder, Sonstige Weiss, Neuburger. That rounds out the top nine. Most, Several of those you've probably not even heard of or tried. I've never had a Sonstige Weisse. Um, Neuburger I've had once and um, you know that's 1.2% of the plantings and it's considered one of their unique and uh, indigenous specialties. What's the climate like? I mean what's it like to grow grapes here? It's it's really an interesting intersection of this warm 
fairly dry Pannonian wind and air mass that comes through Hungary and then into Austria and funnels up in the Danube Valley into Kamtal, Krimstal, as well as Vakau. Then the other major influence is cool, moist mountain air filtering down out of the higher elevation of the Waldvirtel to the north. And then this major influence of the Danube, which is a fairly deep, fairly large river, giving the area a river maritime climate. It keeps the temperature down in the spring when the frost risk is at its highest by the river being cold and, and just lowering the temperature. And then in the fall, it actually warms the region a bit because the water is still warm from the summertime and keeps fall going a little longer. The geology of the region is pretty diverse and complicated, but it can be divided into two major sources. One is crystalline rock formations. These are all hard bedrocks that were formed through heat uh, interior to the earth. Those formations fall into four big categories, gneiss, amphibolites, marbles, and quartzites. What they have in common is they're all low vigor, well-drained, nutrient-poor, and very old. The other option in the Vakau is soil types based on sedimentation. The most important to think of is the Lus sedimentation, which is a wind deposition soil that's a mix of sand and silt that's been blown into place. It almost always occurs in the Vakau over top of a bedrock of one of these old crystalline rocks, so it's sort of a combination there. The other deposition is the river deposition of gravel and sands that make up what is now the valley floor of the Vakau and the Danube. And then in one particular spot between the villages of Vossendorf and Weissenkirchen, you find a landslide mass, and that one is a very complex, gravelly, well-drained, deeper soil based on the fact that the land fell away. Despite the length of its fame and fortune, or maybe this is the reason for it, the Vakau has only recently been added to the DAC designation within the quality wines of Austria. I think a lot of that's due to the fact that Vakau created its own categories of quality and style when a, a number of the producers in the area got together and decided they would form their own grower association called the Vene Vakau Nobilis Districtus. And their mission was sort of like some of the folks were doing in Germany with the VDP, etc., is to create a standard of quality above what was expected in the governmental regulations. In today's world, 200 of the 209 wineries in the Vakau are members of the organization, and the members of the organization control 85% of the land. They have created these three categories of style, which are now synonymous with the region, and they are this, Steinfeder. Steinfeder is referring to a feathery grass. These wines have a max alcohol by volume of 11.5%, which means they're intended to be light, and feathery and more delicate. Then there's Federspiel, which is a falconry term. Those wines range between 11.5% alcohol by volume and 12.5% alcohol by volume, and they are the true middle ground. They're both refreshing and they can be bold at the same time. They are the most recognizable example of what you normally taste out of a cow. And then there's the top tier of ripeness level, Smaragd which is an emerald colored lizard reference. This is a minimum of 12.5% alcohol, and I have seen them well above that. 
I've seen Riesling smaragd at 13, 8, 14% alcohol by volume out of the cow. That's a very different experience for northern climate, normally high acid driven white wines to have that kind of ripeness. And so that is a definitive style for the Vakao. Because they already had these definable marketing terms that they had put out into the world that people recognized as this is from the Vakao, uh, they didn't really see as much value in being a part of the DAC, so they didn't make their regulations. But by the time 2020 rolled around, regulations had been created, they started seeing the value, and there are now specific details. Those details are related to what can be Gebietswein, which is the term for regional wine, Ortswein, and Riedenwein. The easiest place to read into this is at the austrianwine.com website, which is fabulous. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But what's important to realize is that Riedenwein, those 155 single vineyards, can only be made from Gruner, Veltliner, and Riesling. Ortswein, the village wines, uh, have most of that laundry list of the top nine, but not all of them. But uh, it's Gruner, Veltliner, Riesling, Weissburgunder, Grauburgunder, Chardonnay, Neuburger, Muscateller, Sauvignon Blanc, which I did not list as one of the top nine, but is planted there, and Traminer or Gewürztraminer. Also important to note about both Riedenwein and Ortswein is there should be no perceptible flavor of oak in any of these wines. When you get into the Gebietswein, it's an even longer laundry list, and it can be blends, and they're just supposed to be wines that represent Vakao as a region. And now, what should we expect from wines from the Vakao so that we know what to sell to people? In general, you should expect very high quality across the range. Expect earthy mineral notes always to be there. You should expect them to be reflective in intensity of the range of structure of the DAC or their original titles. So let's talk specifically about Gruner Veltliner. The texture of Gruner Veltliner ranges from this zesty to rich, depending on which ripeness level you get. Um, white pepper, spice notes increase with ripeness levels. Then there's... A, normally going to be a vegetal note that ranges from like lentils and radishes to a uh, distant European hops note, almost like beer. The fruits of Gruner Veltliner begin with sort of this lime, citrus, sometimes grapefruit note, and then it moves into this apple pear. Uh, in riper formats, you're going to get the honeydew and tropical citrus to join in with all of that stuff. And then at smrog levels, you're going to get notes of honey and this oily, ripe, rich texture on top of all that flavor. If you're talking about Riesling from the Vakao, it starts off at this, this sort of light, floral, racy beginning point with tart lime and dark mineral notes and green apples and subtle white flower petals and sort of unripe apricot is sort of the end of the ripeness tier for most of those wines. When you get into that middle tier of ripeness level and intensity, you're gonna be, the wines are still very linear with lime and red apple. Now they bring in apricot and peach there's going to be a touch of honey in the flavor profile, but it's still dry, and then really deep, dark mineral notes. When you get into Smaragd Riesling, they, are, they have a mouth-filling texture, really taut acidity as a foil, but not as racy as you are used to with European Riesling. They have a sweet lime, red apple, pear combination, fully ripe apricot, this oily beeswax note, and uh, oftentimes the flowers are now kind of bruised. In a world of consumers full of people seeking unoaked white wines of character and interest, Macau is an easy location to suggest. Check out the show notes for two producers that are a perfect impression of the region. Until next time.